You're listening to Productive Flourishing. Thanks for joining us today. I think COVID has done so much. It feels like it's done so much to us. Mm-hmm. And um, in a very weird way, I want to say, what's it done for us? Yeah. Right. Another way of saying that is, what are the opportunities that are available for us right now. And I know when I say things like opportunities, the first thing people start thinking is economic and business and things like that. Mm -hmm. But what are the moments that this gives us now that we didn't have before, right? What is right in front of us that if we just stopped worrying about what's going to happen and what's, you know, all those things outside and say, you know what, what's right in front of me? Where's the joy? Where's the love? Where's the happiness? Where's the curiosity? Where's the hope? right in front of us like you find like there's this really deep seemingly endless well welcome to productive flourishing where we explore how to do the work that matters so you become your best self in the world i'm your host charlie gilkey and i'm joined by angela wheeler and other guests who will share their stories insights wins and challenges in the hopes that our journeys and stories will help you with yours now on to the show Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the Productive Flourishing Podcast. It has been a while, Angela. I think the last one we actually recorded was when we came back from Jamaica. Whoa. So that's been like six months? Has it been six months? Uh, What is time? What is time even? Which is a great way to start this conversation, (laughs) because as we are thinking about things that we can talk about, Angela rightly noted, she was like, you know, we could talk about what's been going on since COVID happened. Um, And I was like, oh, it's been quite a year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, and then it reminded me that we haven't even told folks about like sort of Costa Rica and what had happened since then. Yeah. And I'm aware that we're talking about this. We're talking about this one, Jamaica and then Costa Rica when none of us can go anywhere. So, yeah. So um, it's been a while since we've done a (laughs) podcast together. Our podcasts are not tied to us just going places, I promise. Um, It's just, it's been a minute. Let's just say it that way. It's been a minute for everybody. Yes. It's been a minute for everybody. So what we thought we would do is just sort of dive into what life has been like for us since COVID happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Angela pointed out that some of our best um, listened to podcasts have actually been when we've talked about what we're living through and going through as opposed to just being all about the content. So we're going to be... Less all about the content, I guess. Yeah. And more about what's going on. Yeah. Alrighty. So we sort of have this split up into a few blocks here. So we sort of reference Costa Rica. And so, um, yeah, that's probably the best place to start because that is actually, I think, energetically sets the theme for how we rolled into COVID. Yeah. So you want to pick that up there? Yeah, I can definitely start there. So in late February... Um, yeah, it was probably the third third week or so of February. Charlie and I headed down to Costa Rica to be part of a retreat that was put on by uh, Casey Christopher Carter. And Charlie was headed that way uh, to help facilitate the retreat with Casey. And I decided to tag along because Costa Rica in February, and we live in Portland, Oregon. So. Seemed like a great idea, great way to go, get some time in the sun, get away. And as I got there a few days before the retreat was actually starting, it it was as if the the universe and the land started to work with me (laughs) 
on me, with me, I don't know how you through you, through through me, all these different ways. And it became very evident that prior to the retreat starting, that rather than me just being there for a vacation and time away in the sun, which I certainly needed, that I just needed to participate. I had no idea why. I didn't know what the real purpose was, (laughs) Um, but it was just very clear something was telling me, just be here fully present in it, see what happens. Um, And so that was, you know, I feel like in some ways Jamaica was, Jamaica in November, December was kind of the start of a reboot for both of us in different ways in our life, professionally and personally. And for me, Costa Rica, and I think for you too, and you'll you'll speak to this for yourself, was like that next level of all these good things that we started to work on, talk about while we were in Jamaica, live in the next few months as we were getting home, integrate, especially on our own personal relationship and how we were deepening that. Um it just, it continued and it, it kind of rolled and snowballed into even more things. While we were in Costa Rica, I had some, some little, little glimmers here and there. And then I kind of had some like buses come and runs me over moments like, oh, this, this is why I needed to participate. And some of those moments of what I'm doing is not working. Um, that, that was maybe like one of the big themes for me is what I am doing is not serving me. Um, and so that's kind of, I guess the beginning. And I know as we're going on here, we'll talk a little more about how that all unfolded, but, um, what about for you? You know, while you were there, I I feel like there was definitely magic and, and the universe and land working through and on and with you as well. (laughs) Yeah. um, And I just want to say, if you haven't listened to our episode about sort of that December timeframe in Jamaica and things like that, I think that's a good one to go back to. We'll link up in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, it always makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to say this because um, there's such a streak of, you know, we went to these great places, we did all this great thing, we have this great Instagram life, and I just hate that, right? That aspect of things. That's not where we approach it from. Mm -mm. Um, And so, um, it's not so much about the travel log, (laughs) it's about sort of what happens to us and sort of how those travels um, sort of transform us in a way. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, Jamaica was really great for me in the sense of um, it... hmm, What's the best way of saying this? It's been a while since we have done a in-person event, mm-hmm. um, especially one of the smaller ones. We love doing the smaller sort of 12 to 20 people events. I know some people's jam are the big events, but ours are in that sort of realm. And um, it was both the theme of what we were talking about. So it was like your best decade ever. And so we got to sort of lean into visioning and becoming our best selves in the world and so on and so forth. But 
um, unless you're really in the work with us, um, you don't hear a lot about sort of the spiritual work that we in- incorporate into things and sort of the whole self that we incorporate into things, um, in especially our live events. And so it's just great to be in that space and have that mirrored. And mm-hmm. um, in some ways, it was, in a lot of ways, it was great to sort of witness KC sort of his evolution mm-hmm. <laughs> and sort of our. Um, our sort of integrated path that we've had um, from when he got started. So it's just really one of those like um, full color experiences, mm-hmm. right? When, when everything is, is firing at, at super high levels. Um, and you keep sort of half joking about um, the power of the land and, and things like that. But we're both actually, when it comes to that, we're really attuned to spaces and places. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in some ways, it reminded me back way back in, what was it, 2014, 2015, when we were doing the Vision Quest stuff with yeah. Lynn and Amy. Right. And so it was on that level, but just better integrated into life. Yeah. Right. And for me, it really brought up that there are these parts of both myself and aspects of the business that we had put on hold mm-hmm. really since about 2015. Yep. That it was just time for. Mm-hmm. It was time for. Um, we put them on hold because of um, just some work I was doing with clients that needed some help transitioning at the time and then sort of going into the um, book journey. And everything that that was, 2016 was a tr- was a tumultuous year for a lot of folks, us included. And so it just reminded me like, oh, yeah, we had put events on the hold because mm-hmm. of how much it takes to sort of get those off the ground and do them well. Yeah. And we didn't have the bandwidth for them. Mm-hmm. And we had put that on hold and this on hold and everything was not on hold. That's not really the right way of saying it, but it just wasn't the priority. Yeah, there wasn't. I mean... There was a lot of stuff on hold at the same time. There was already so many amazing things and projects and wonderful things happening in our life and business. Um, and it it seemed like this was a point for the both of us where it was like, oh, some of those things we put on hold, we're no longer comfortable with having them on hold. Mm-hmm. They're an important part of our integrated selves. And so, absolutely. Well, and I'll speak pretty specifically here. Um, 2019, there were sort of two let goes, mm-hmm. two major let goes. One is we lost socks yep. um, shortly after the book launch. Um, so, socks had been, she's our old lady cat. She had been in hospice for a long time and needed a lot of medicines and cares and daily fluids and attention and things like that. And so, that had blocked some of the things we might do as far as events and travel and things like that. And just energetically, mm-hmm. right. It's just a lot of our lives tied up in, into seeing, seeing an elder one through. Yeah. Um, and the second sort of let go was the book in the sense of it was letting it go out there in the world and all of the energy that it takes and all of the sort of bottled up sort of creative creativity and magic and things like that, getting that out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, when both of those things were both out, there was a lot of space. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, maybe in another episode, we'll talk about sort of the the book journey. And um, because I think that's an important piece to come back to. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just say it's sort of the life level. Yeah. Those were two really big sort of things we cared a lot about and that we were really invested in and that we wanted to see through in the right way mm-hmm. that came to 
a close or a new beginning. Yeah. And so we rolled into February after sort of the great experience of Jamaica. And, and we keep referencing that. I think the biggest thing from Jamaica is that um, we got super connected yeah. again. And it's a long way of saying it, but we changed our relationship with technology. Absolutely. And so by the time we came back, we were more aligned from, by the time we came back from Jamaica, we were more aligned and we had more space at the, in the day-to-day level. And then we mm-hmm. had more sort of energetic and spiritual place uh, space because of the let go of those projects or, you know, um, yeah. beings that we cared about. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, <clears throat> pardon me, I can't help but you know, and talking about the letting go piece of it and just the energy and the love that were put into caring for socks until, you know, until it was time to say goodbye to her and the um, really the decade leading up to the book, right, to it, to it finally um, being out in the world. I feel like to... Um, you know, not to go to that heavier, darker place, but like part of what was so important for both of us too going into Jamaica is having those two things along with the miscarriage mm-hmm. that happened in between those. Mm-hmm. Um, so like all there in that like three week time period, you know, the well actually the the concussion, the miscarriage, the book launch, letting go of socks, all within like three weeks. Um and then of course, you know, three months prior had been the first concussion that I had had. And so there was a four month period last summer where it was just amazing and beautiful and awful. <laughs> um and there was so much all in that time. And so Jamaica was kind of that point for us where we knew we can finally fully unplug from what life was here day to day um, and go and reconnect with each other, but also, you know, process the grief um, and the pain and the loss. And of course, that continues, you know, to happen as grief does over time. But it's, you know, you mentioned at the top of this about a little bit of discomfort you had with sharing about going to Jamaica and going to Costa Rica. And it's absolutely true that it's for us because life had gotten so busy for so long, it's taken those all out, like pull out from everything day to day to fully get back into our bodies, our souls, and ourselves, even though, you know, we both have amazing routines and practices and self-care and and morning routines and all these things, it 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 sometimes takes that hard stop and that hard pull out of life as it is right now to really get back in, get some clarity, get some perspective, get some reconnection. Yeah. So the tie here is we rolled into Costa Rica in very much a what's next yes. sort of space mm-hmm. and then experience, well, this actually, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, more of this, more of this type of energy. But but it wasn't so much about the substance. It was just about the being. Mm-hmm. That's the important piece, the being. And so we're like, more of this. Yes. So we came home. 
end of February. So timeline. No, we got home like a week into March. Oh, a week into March. What is time even? Yeah. So a week into, Mar- a week into March. Mm-hmm. And then mid-March. Everyone knows what happened in mid-March. Um, so that sort of lo- rolls us right into what happened mm-hmm. <laughs> with COVID. Because we came back. We're like, you know what? It's time for us to start doing our events. You know, it's time for us to really to, you know, Angela and I have been doing uh, couples work and really that sort of work for a while um, behind the scenes and at events and things like that. So we're like, okay, we're going to do it. Finally going to kick off some of these events. And that was just one sort of event that we were going to do. Um, we have others um, sort of hand-waving them right now. You can't see me hand-waving because March, you know, sort of 16th, 17th hit, events shut down, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like we're not we're not able to do it in that way. Um, a lot of things started shutting down because mm-hmm. it's COVID, right? Um, and events shut down. We had the Academy. By the time you're listening to this, the Academy will be like a full thing in the world. Right now, as we're recording it, we just started special invitations yesterday or Mm -hmm. day before yesterday. Yep. Right. So we sort of were like, well, now's not the time to launch that. Now's not the time for a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was still, I think we were in the mindset of, okay, this is life. (laughs) Life prior to this is really prepared us for this particular type of thing happening. Yeah. Right. The intensity, every like it almost feels like 2019 and everything we'd done prior, which is like, I won't say it was normal, <laughs> but we had been sort of living in uncertainty and discomfort and this um, combination of good and hard at the same time for so long. And it's like, well, this just seems to be like that all over again. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, We've had many conversations as we've been out on hikes during COVID that you also have to remember that way back in 2003 and 2004, 2005, when I was deployed, um, that gave us a lot of different skill sets and ways of being that are actually really useful now. Yes. So it's kind of like we've had 16 years of this. And as additional context, all of our team works remotely. Mm -hmm. Um, We work from home. Um, We that were remote centric in that way. And so when all of this started happening, it wasn't one of those things where it was like, oh, what are we going to do with our team? How are we going to get them transitioned? It was just like, okay, it's it's another day for us, mm-hmm. right? Um, both in our personal lives, not our personal lives, in our business work mm-hmm. and in our personal lives. And with clients, we, you know, we had many great clients. We haven't lost one um, throughout this period and things like that. So um we were still in this period of like, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? What can we create with all of this that's happening right now? And that sort of led into us thinking about all of the great content that we have at Productive Flourishing. Yeah. That hasn't been like, this is great remote, like work from home stuff, or this is great when you're going through a pandemic, or this is great. Like that hasn't been the frame. Mm-hmm. But all of our work has really been about like, how do you do this work no matter where you are? Um, how do you stand tall in the face of adversity or challenges? How do you prioritize your best work when a bunch of other things are going on? And so we're like, you know what? A lot of our material is actually really well suited for this particular stuff right now. And again, in my consulting and coaching work, I've been helping people build remote teams forever, yeah. right? It just haven't been the remote working person. Like, mm-hmm. That hasn't been the way that I framed myself. But we had a community, a bunch of people were wondering. So that's when we kicked off the COVID webinar. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere I had sort of that wild idea of like, how, hey, well, how about we just 
post daily, right, about what's going on. And that became the Daily Anchors, which I'm going to let Angela talk a lot more about the Daily Anchors um, and dance parties and all sorts of things. And it's just been a really like, how can we show up and be with our people using what we have? Um, letting go again, that theme of letting go of whatever we thought it was going to be. Yeah. And really sort of embracing like what's right in front of us and how do we create, you know, the best day or the best future that we can with what we have right in front of us. Cause it's still possible. It's still there. It can still be great. Um, also, we've also learned that things can be great and hard at the same time. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's been a lot of that. It's been a lot of that. So um, I mentioned the daily anchors because it's been this really interesting thing around the house because historically, I've been sort of the, not the dominant writer, but I've been like the writer of Productive Flourishing, right? Mm -hmm. So like when the team was like, hey, we need to post something, it was always like them looking at me and me looking back at them, right? <laughs> um, but over this last couple of months, like my girl's been on fire with these daily anchors. Um, and so I think it's pretty much every business day you write at least one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes two. Um, I think there's one day you got in, what, four? Uh, I think there were a couple days I did three. Okay. Um, and so um, I might be jumping a little bit ahead here, but at this point, like, if we had to think of daily anchors and had to attach a face to it, it would be you over me at this point. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of one of the the takeaways for me from Costa Rica that would come back to play here for me within a few weeks with COVID happening when we got home, but just look different than what I thought it, it would look like is using my voice more. Um, and that there was, there were parts of me where over time for different reasons, you know, I had shut down my voice. And uh, part of that was certainly due to some things in academia, you know, and getting away from that, but, you know, just other things. And while I had walked away from Costa Rica with plans about um, events and, and different things like that and what that would look like and my uh, doing more work in different areas and really uh, just sharing, sharing what, what was going on for me and, and my thoughts. Uh, the daily anchor came from, you know, that people, people need support right now and they need help and they need, you know, whether it's a little bit of light in the dark, some levity, uh, you know, a song, whatever it might be. And I really just, I had just started leaning back into my writing practice when we had gotten back from Costa Rica. I did a fair amount of writing there. I was writing pretty much daily, mostly journaling, some some other stuff for the business. And then COVID happened. And I think just, you know, I can't even, even though it's only been two, two and a half months, I can't remember exactly how, where, why the transition for, for what I was writing and how I was writing happened. But it was just kind of one of those things where I was like, okay, I 
am incredibly interested in personal development and in flourishing and self-care and spirituality and whatever else, all these things. And I'm writing every day after my meditation about things that are coming up for me during meditation, about realizations I've had over the last week, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's different every day. And so very shortly, my writing practice for myself turned into very easily things I could share with our community and our people. And that's where, you know, when we said at first the daily anchors would be from Charlie with Angela mixed in at times and maybe other teammates, um, it just very shortly became like primarily my voice because I was just writing so much. And this is, you know, probably one of the most beautiful things that has come from this COVID time for me is the reminder of how much writing means to me and that it's almost like it allows me to breathe, um, like it breathes me almost. And um, I do feel that there are days and weeks where I have done as well as I have through COVID because I have that practice again. And so that has been one of probably the most beautiful gifts that I've found throughout this time. I was talking to, I forget who I was talking to a few days ago, and I was like, you know, it's a really, really interesting position to be in for me right now because they were commenting about how on fire you've been with with. Um, the daily anchors and everything. I was like, you know, it's been really amazing and and sort of different journey for me to get used to um, you or, frankly, I, I think anyone, which sounds cockier than I mean to, but like creatively lapping me, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. In the sense where I'm like, I, you know, it came a point sort of two or three weeks into COVID, and I'll talk about this here in just a second, where I was just like, I can't keep up with her. Right. I can't keep up with the amount of words she's putting I, just and feeding everything else that I would that that sort of popped up for me. And it wasn't in a like a like, oh, I'm bad. I should be doing it or something like that. It was just like remarkable, like crap. Like I can't <laughs> I can't keep up with how many words she's she's getting in, in screen and how wonderful they are and um, so forth. And a big shout out to Steve on this one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this because um, having a good edit because having a good editorial hold on let's pause it I don't know how to pause this one Just leave it going while you shut everything else down. Why? That was just cold turkey blocker going off on my computer. There's no way to really shut it down. It, it has a notification that it's about to do it. Okay. So, sorry about that, Jess. Um, so, we're at like 26 minutes or so. Okay. All righty. 
Big shout out to Steve on this one, because having a good editorial partner makes a lot of difference. Mm -hmm. And we've had, um, you know, a variety of different ways in which we've gotten editorial support. And it just not to demean anyone else's great work and, and contributions. It's just he's been a really fantastic partner for both of us mm-hmm. when it comes to this, but especially Angela yeah. um, and just being able to send it to him. And he does what he does um, with it to get it out the door. Um, and so um, for all the people who are wondering, like about writing and how how you can be prolific writers, some of the you know, the thing that I would say is some of the best prolific writers are prolific writers because they have a good editorial partner that can mm-hmm. keep them focusing on the drafting. And just a quick sort of aside here, remember there's always drafting, editing, and then sharing as three different processes. Mm-hmm. And too many times we get stuck in writing mm-hmm. because we're thinking about the editing or we're thinking about the sharing or the publishing and not just the drafting. So big shout to Steve um, because he's a critical part of the daily anchor process, as well as, you know, Jess with the team and everything like that. But yeah. Steve's sort of the wheel that's holding all of that together. Yeah, it's been phenomenal to have that support and that that working relationship on content like that. All right. So Steve knows we love him to death. So if he happens <laughs> to listen to this, we got you. Um, one of the sort of reasons that... Um, I started getting lapped in some ways, right, is because about the time that we started really sharing a bunch of the resources on um, COVID and things like that, there's also been in the background a book that's been working on me. Mm-hmm. And every author knows what I'm talking about. Like, there's a time in which you're working on a book and there's a time in which the book is working on you, right? And so I thought I was the once every three to five years book kind of guy. Um, but then sort of like two months after start finishing came out, there was another one. It's like, okay, now it's time. Let's do this. And you don't say no, right? You just <laughs> you don't. don't say no, but you might have a few fits along the oh, way. There's been fits. There's been like, <laughs> really, like, really, this is what we're doing. Like I thought, what? Okay. So, um, about the time that all of this sort of emerged and sort of that new book body of work started to really take hold and take root as it were, um, So I've been working behind the scenes on just, you know, the book proposal itself, sort of the content around that. And in a really great way, some of the work that I've been doing um, with organizations and speaking that I've been doing with organizations is actually what's pushing the work along. And so it was shoring up some of that. So I went into um, what can be pretty normal for me, actually, is like to go from like a public I've got something to like back to <laughs> the plowing work of, of reseeding something. And so um, that sort of popped up for me. And so that started eating up a lot of my, a lot of my words, a lot of the time going towards that. Um, and then there's just been a lot, a lot, a lot of really great stuff happening with start finishing. Mm-hmm. Um, just even of yesterday, like we know it's Monday okay, that we learned yeah. that it won the Eric Hoffer grand prize, which only one book out of many thousands of submissions a year gets that prize. And so it's stunning in some way and, and shocking and humbling. I, I honestly, I get pretty verklempt about it. Um, <laughs> but it's phenomenal. It's is phenomenal what it is. is what it is. And also, okay. Um, a lot of that's been going on with start finishing, um, especially after coast, after Costa Rica, and I got into a better sort of space with you mm-hmm. know the book and everything like that. 
Um, and so there's been a lot of that going and what do we do? How do we pivot? I'm still on a, the back end of the book tour mm -hmm. when it comes to podcast and interviews and speeches and things like that. Um, and so just, you know, I don't get to say, <laughs> I don't let my clients say like I ran out of time or I didn't have time. Mm -hmm. It's just, I had to look at where my priorities were. Yes. And what I could uniquely do for our team, for our people, for the body of work. And that's just where my attention was needed. Yeah. And one of the things I just, you know, I really want to point out here, and I think it's super important uh, about this, this piece you were talking about with the next book and where you're at with the next book, with the proposal. And to me, um, and this is kind of one of those light in the dark moments again, it feels like COVID and the stress that COVID has placed on businesses and teams has made that work all the more important. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, like the book proposal was already happening and the book idea was already happening. And then COVID happened and then more teams started showing up for you and more organizations saying, please help us. Yeah. Like, this is what you do. We need this help. And so it's this beautiful synchronicity with the the good and the hard of the world and what the universe brings to us at different times in our life is like, probably one of the hardest times in our life right now, just with what's going on in the world. And at the same time, seeing what it's opened up in the way of creativity and how how we can be of support in the world. Yeah, that's been really the guiding mindset. One of the two guiding mindsets that I've had throughout COVID mm -hmm. and that I've been sharing with clients and, you know, anyone who will listen to me, including hopefully you listener, right, is I think COVID has done so much. Um, it feels like it's done so much to us. Mm -hmm. And um, in a very weird way, I want to say, what's it done for us? Yeah. Right. And another way of saying that is what are the opportunities that are available for us right now? And I know when I say things like opportunities, the first thing people start thinking is economic and business and things like that. Mm -hmm. But what are the moments that this gives us now that we didn't have before? Right. What is right in front of us that if we just stopped worrying about what's going to happen and what's, you know, all those things outside and say, you know what, what's right in front of me? Where, where's the joy? Where's the love? Where's the happiness? Where's the curiosity? Where's the hope right in front of us? Like you find like there's this really deep, seemingly endless well, mm -hmm. right? So that's been one of them. What's the opportunity that this presents for, to us? Mm -hmm. And the second one, and it dovetailed because a lot of times when we think about opportunity, we think about future. Yeah. But it's at the same time, what do we need to be present to right now? Mm-hmm. Right. And both can be true. It's, it's one of those tensions that we often get into when we talk about these types of things, the spiritual tensions that we need to live in. But it's what's the opportunity and what do you need to be present for right now? Yeah. Um, and so you're absolutely right, is that that's became the opportunity. Um, and it wasn't I was I had to sit with it for a little bit because, you know, like everybody jumped onto the remote working, working from home, um, remote management thing like 
just jumped on it, right? Because mm-hmm. that was the opportunity for a lot of folks. And I was like, I just don't want to, I don't want to do it because it's just the thing to do. Mm-hmm. But like I had said at the, at the top, so much of our material was already there. Yep. Right. And this is already work I've been doing. And regardless of what anyone else was, was doing, people were showing up and asking like us and me. And, and so I was like, just get out of the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> share what you've got, build what you've got and go from there. And that's what I've been doing. <laughs> To be clear, that get out of the way was a get out of way to yourself. Oh yeah, get out of like <laughs> get out of your head with this, yes. Charlie. Like get out of like all of these sort of things that I know I can do, right? Mm-hmm. That I I myself need to be coached out of, and that I coach other people out of. It's just like, what if, you know? It's like sometimes I don't say this very often to all of my clients, but it works for some of my clients, right? Where it's like, what if you just shut up and did it, <laughs> right? What if you just like stopped with all of the like vocalization and the sort of mentation about things and you just did it. Yeah. Right. And so I had to eat my own cooking there. I was like, okay, well I can come up with a thousand reasons why I shouldn't or why there's something better to do, but all I need is like two or three people in front of me saying, please like help mm-hmm. or like, I need that. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's enough of a reason that overrides all the other thousands of reasons why, I, why I shouldn't. So, that's one of those reasons why when I was like, ah, oh, she's lapping me on the daily anchors, I was like, well, true. <laughs> she's getting a lot more of them done. And I'm also working on these other things. And that's my work to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Right now with the daily anchors and what Angela's doing out in the world and so many great things that she's doing, that's her work to do. And as long as we respect and honor each other's work and make room and boundaries and all the things that we talk around with each other's work and not get into that comparisitis because yeah. it's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, It's really easy to get into comparisitis, I should say. Like, we're good. Just do the work that's ours to do. Yeah. <laughs> Go forth. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the work that's yours to do. So Angela's doing all of this sort of daily anchor stuff and she's in sort of, I, I call it sort of goddess mode in the morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and... PPP. Oh boy. Yeah. So that's, um, Oh, all the words that could just come flowing out of my mouth right now, but this is not an explicit podcast. Um, (laughs) so PPP, the payroll protection plan. Um, so one of my many roles in the business is CFO. Um, if we were going to call it that. Um, and so if we want to talk about what has likely been the most challenging thing for me throughout these last couple of months with COVID, it would certainly be things around finance and PPP specifically. Um, I have been running our finances both on the personal and the business for as long as I can remember. And um, while it's not my absolute joy work, like the, you know, the creative writing and the things are, it's, it's fulfilling in a different way. And it's work that needs to be done. And I'm actually pretty good at it. So one of the things that happened for me, and I've written about this in the Daily Anchors, and so um, you could read more about that there if you wanted to, if you haven't already, is... I, in March, when COVID first started happening, started having um, quite a bit of anxiety about about our business finances. And 
not due to clients because clients were still there. They were still wanting to be there. They were still flowing through the door. They were still paying. But our product sales just dried up overnight when COVID happened. And that's a significant and important part of our business. And so because I, you know, see the numbers day in and day out, and because I'm also in some ways kind of our HR human wellness self-care person in the business as well for like all of our team, I, you know, I was seeing businesses we've known and loved for years closing down. I was seeing people losing their jobs left and right. Um, You know, people that I know and love having to close their own businesses and all of their employees being out of work. And so not only was I looking at our numbers and what was happening with our products, but I was seeing what else was happening to people who had damn good businesses going into COVID and just being unable to make it work. And so, you know, I started listening as soon as they started talking about the CARES plan and stuff was coming out with government, Congress, and SBA and all of this, I, you know, knew about PPP and that coming out. And I'm going to make an incredibly long, tragic saga, much more shorter here, (laughs) um, and just say that the horror stories you've heard from business owners about how insane that process was and how horrific it was to work with their banks and to get any kind of information at all about their applications or what was going on was my day-to-day reality for weeks and weeks and weeks. And so while I'm seeing these businesses I know and love shutting down people in our network having to close their doors, friends losing jobs, sales still not doing great on the product side, like so grateful for clients, so grateful. And for the other opportunities, like I was getting anxious and worried and scared. And so um, luckily that sorted itself out over time in the second round of funding we did get funding from PPP, um, which had, you know, which has increased or decreased my anxiety quite a bit. But I will say that there was, you know, a period of four or five weeks where this person here on <laughs> this side of the microphone, who generally does a really good job with keeping her anxiety in check and keeping on top of her self care practices was losing her shit. (laughs) So um, that by far and away was definitely what has been the most stressful for me through that period because this business is our baby, right? In some ways, this business is our love. It's our joy. It's our passion. We get the opportunity and the gift to work with amazing people every day. And when I started hearing those stories in my head about what might be coming for us and us potentially needing to close our business, by the way, that was not that was not our reality. That was the reality I made up in my head, to be very clear here. 
but the reality you make up in your head is your reality. <laughs> the trash does not have to be true for it to work on you. It does not. And so it, um, the writing process that I spoke to earlier was a huge part. It was very cathartic for me to be a daily, a daily writer, practicing what I needed, spending more time on self-care. Um, but I also just, I got to a place of anxiety and worry that I've, maybe once or twice in my life have ever gotten to before. And I hope that it never happens again. Yeah. There were some, um, concerning days. Yeah. There are some concerning days where, um, if you want to go way back, you can read and we'll link up, link this up, but you know, there's the, um, the reset trilogy that we wrote back where, um, you know, just for ease of conversation, we don't like the language, but Angela had a mental breakdown. In 2011, 12. Yep. Um, and so there was just a period of building, <laughs> building back up and resetting and things like that. So um, the last time I had seen her in some of those places um, was around the reset. And so mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like we, we have to do things. And that's where it gets super challenging because, um, you know, one of the harder things for me throughout this period has been um, being myself. Mm. While other people have really been scared about like what's going on in the world and feeling like the world's falling apart and sort of playing out all those worst case scenarios and things like that, um, which is, you know, I'm glad that people are thinking and not just sticking their head in the sand. Um, energetically, though, um, that's not who I am, you know, and I not that I'm always a half, you know, a half um, full kind of guy all the time, but my baseline tends to be fairly like, okay, like this is a challenge. We're going to get through this. Right. Or it, so it's been hard, um, in our own household when it's been like, you know, that anxiety that everything is going to be taken away or it's gone or that fear. And I'm like, actually we're okay. <laughs> right. Um, if we do X, Y, and Z and we need to focus on X, Y, and Z and, Things like that. So that's that's always a, like a not always a challenge, but that can be a challenge in our relationship and in our business because, um, you know, I've learned to listen to Angela when she's like, "No, this is actually something we need to be concerned about." <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, there's certain ways that she can say that where I, I can hear that, but I've also learned where it's just, um, basically not. I don't want to override it saying basically you're an empath because that will get me in all sorts of trouble, right? Yeah. But sort of filtering between like this is actually true for us. We need to be concerned about that mm -hmm. versus this is Angela carrying somebody else's stuff, yeah, right? And walking that fine line, um, it can be tricky, mm -hmm. super, super tricky. Yep. Um, and on that same sort of note, I say being me, like um, – very quickly into it and this might make me tone deaf so in a lot of ways and that that's i i don't know how to what to do with that but like very quickly into this i when i called people or talked to people i didn't want the first thing to be so how you doing with covid and like making it about that right um and because that's like are you okay and there's just that such fear and such thing around that that i was like you know i i want to ask if people are okay because that's super super important but I also want to ask what they're excited about, mm -hmm. what they're looking forward to, what's going on good in your life, right? And for some people, they've been super 
appreciative of that because no one's asking them that. Everyone's just assuming. Yeah. Right. And for other people, it's like, like how like it's it's not good, right? Or mm-hmm. whatever that is. And I understand that we all have different sort of perspectives here. We're all going through our own things, right? And so it's just been super challenging of walking that line between being me mm-hmm. in my normal sort of state, even during COVID, um, and sort of trying to read where people are, what they're available, for, what they're open to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just didn't want to be, you know, emotional contagion. We talk so much about sort of the physical contagion of um, COVID, but I, I think we have not talked enough about the emotional contagion of the anxiety and the fear. Yeah. And, and I just didn't want to be adding to that contagion. Yeah. Um, so that's one. But two, I, I just, it never hit me in that way, mm-hmm. you know? And again, I'm super grateful for, now, especially the further I get away from it, I tell people about this, about my military experience all the time. I'm super grateful for that military experience. The older I get, I'm actually in some ways super grateful for growing up as poor as we did, mm-hmm. right? Economic insecurity, food insecurity, like that was normal. Yep. Right. And so like not knowing where the next meal is going to come from or not knowing if you're going to be able to get groceries. Like mm-hmm. I grew up with that reality. Yeah. And so... When when all this COVID stuff happened, I'm like, we're going to be okay, right? There's This will work out. And if it doesn't work out, we'll figure out what to do then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just, I've been in a different space just because of my lived experience between the military of just all of that, um, how, what every day could look like when you're, when you're in a tactical convoy in a combat zone, mm-hmm. right? And then my lived experience. So it's, it's been hard yeah. in, the, in that sense. Well, what else? I mean, I'm just, you know, curious about, I know that that piece of it has been challenging for you that, you know, being true to yourself and living in your truth at the same time being super compassionate and caring about the reality um, that other people are experiencing. What else has been challenging for you during COVID? Um, energetic claustrophobia is the best way I can say it. Mm. Right. In the sense of like, because there's nowhere for nowhere besides this house for my energy to go. Mm -hmm. And because especially during some of those darker PPP periods or um, because of where you might be in your writing zone or where you might be post your writing zones and and things like that. Like, um, I normally have more spaces and places where I can go to sort of burn off some of the excess energy, mm-hmm. right? And um, I know I sound like I'm a creative Labrador, right, in so many different ways. At times of the day, I am, mm-hmm. right? Um, three or four o'clock in the day, not so much. Yeah. But so it's been hard because there's been nowhere to sort of take some of that. Mm-hmm. Like there have been days where I'm like, I know I need to focus on this because of the energetics in the house or because of something going on, it's, this is not the right place for it, mm-hmm. but there is no other place for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's been, that's been hard. Right. Um, and so, especially because I've been on sort of a deep work sort of um, deadline ish mm-hmm. <laughs> about so many different things. And if you go back and listen, or I don't know if I've said this, but part of that is just I need to be able to walk to a coffee shop. I need to be able to walk to a library, um, sort of do some work there, sort of cave up for a little bit and then come back out. Mm-hmm. 
there's nowhere to go to cave up. Yep. Right. And I know a lot of people are feeling that same way. Like, you know, the energetic claustrophobia with their kids. I know um, introverts who have been so used to having their house to themselves throughout the day that now have everybody on top of them. They're just like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I know extroverts who thought they like loved all the people, but those people went somewhere. Mm -hmm. And now they're like, I just need people to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) I need to be able to go somewhere. And so it's just there are times in which I'm like the house is not big enough for the energy that I have Mm. and there's, but I don't have any real where to go. And that's where I like Angel knows I go for walks a lot, you know, so I get out Mm -hmm. Um, and just with having coffee shops and libraries and things like that before, it was just a part of my flow Mm -hmm. that things didn't get to a point of being compressed. Um, So yeah, that would be the other really hard part. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I miss my friends, miss being able to, you know, um, play tabletop, you know, um, games or D and D with Corey and the crew. Like I miss those things too. Yeah. Um, those aren't a day to day sort of longing and missing or challenge. It's just, you know, it gets sad, but, um, really it's, yeah. Energetic claustrophobia are, are just another way of saying that is just the loss of go-to routines. Mm-hmm. Um, that really helped me stay grounded and sane and, you know, on top of things. Yeah. yeah. What about for you? Um, honestly, it, it was the, it was the finance PPP thing that just like threw me for a loop. Um, it was really was the biggest thing. I think, you know, early on part of the challenge too was when my yoga studio closed down. Um, but they very quickly um, started doing online classes. And so that was wonderful. The only thing I've really noticed there is while it's been wonderful to do yoga at home um, and out in the backyard when the weather's nice, um, there's still kind of that sense of the space isn't just mm-hmm. The yoga space. And so there are other energetics around, even if you've done a good job. You know, like I very intentionally set up my mat and my props and where I have my computer screen. And, you know, I have essential oils all spray around me. And so I really mindfully set up the space at the same time. This home is a space of, of cooking and writing and working and business and finance and you know, all the different things that happen. And so that's that's been a bit of a challenge. Um, you know, really, I think... Um, the only other thing... <laughs> I'm really hesitant to say this. Um, I'm trying to think of the way I can say this. Um... Another challenge has been for me people that I love perhaps not taking as good care of themselves as they should during this time and as being cautious um, as they should. Not fearful, but cautious. Um, So that that has also been a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say that in two ways. Mm -hmm. One, we're talking about the general health sort of scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I've also had a concerns at some challenging times about people's um, media habits. Oh, yeah. yeah. And how I've just seen people I love and care for and who typically do different, like they're yep. making themselves sick. Yeah. Keeping up with the news and everything like that. And it's just been, and I know I sound like my normal self of like, careful about, Mm -hmm. you know, careful about your access to technology and digital minimalism and all those sort of things. But I really have seen a lot of people who, who have been making themselves ill yeah, because of, because of it. And I'm like, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy, but I am that guy Yeah, where I'm just like, maybe, maybe not check it every, you know, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like, Look at what it's doing to you, right? Yeah. And so that's again, that's that being me thing. While other people, and I was like, I'm um, in the same way that like with the people who will go unnamed mm-hmm. in case they listen, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> the people who go unnamed who just haven't been as safe and smart about um, social distancing and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, to me, they're intertwined. Yeah. Right. Like, how are we taking care of ourselves right now? And being cautious, but also being good to ourselves and knowing our boundaries and knowing what what keeps us healthy, mm-hmm. sort of 360 healthy, yeah. versus what puts us into a place of dis-ease. Yeah, and that's something, I mean, you and I have talked a fair amount about that because that was one of the, you know, some of the boundary reestablishment that you and I did when we were in Jamaica. Like, we've both had pretty pretty strict boundaries for years now around media consumption and electronic device use and things like that. Um, so much so that it, it poses challenges in other areas with other relationships at times, but we, we do what works for us and what's healthy for us. And so, um, you know, we definitely kept those boundaries and and really put into place even more since COVID happened um, about what we consume and when. In fact, we both, you know, that was the funny thing. We both wound up writing about that, you know, being careful about what you consume right now. Um, you know, not necessarily put in your mouth, but that, you know, we need to be careful about that too. Um, but, you know, what, what we're taking in um, from from media right now uh, is just, I just, I don't want to get on it because I really feel like my soapbox might be like 10 feet tall at this point because I just have such strong, strong opinions about boundaries around media. So I'll, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. It's hard to, but I think I'm going to leave it there. Here's... Here's what I'll say about that, right? Um, first thing that came up to me is the hip-hop line of check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> but seriously, though, like, um, just check in with yourself about that. And this is the other thing. I, as a community, as a society, as, you know, people with our forged family and real and blood family – we all need to be talking about the second and third order effects when it comes to mental health of COVID. Yep. yep. Right. We're still super early in this. And um, if you're in that position where your um, your mental health is suffering, um, there are a lot of different options out there. Right. Um, 
we won't necessarily go into all of them, um, but also be checking in on folks just on this one, because I think um, much like other scenarios where people wouldn't think they would get PTSD or they wouldn't think that they would get some of the things because we normally attribute those to certain types of events that cause it. Um, I think we just all need to be on the lookout for those around us just for some of those signs. Yeah, absolutely. So I can't help but notice that one of the things you brought up was, um, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself, which really had me thinking about how much music has been yeah. um, such a, uh, a help for you during this time. Yeah, um, I think that's how we're going to round out the conversation is like what's been super helpful, mm-hmm. right? And you're right, um, music right now, music has always been really central to my orientation to the world, my being in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, here throughout COVID, I think more people have learned that about me, right? As most of my daily anchors have a song that either generates it or it's the background sort of soundtrack to it. Um, and so, yeah, music has been that. But specifically, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to country music generally. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really fallen deep into sort of the Luke Combs sort of space, right? And so just over the last few weeks, I've had like, I don't know, three, four country songs that came come up to me. I used to, I used to be much more into um, playing with songwriting. Um, I understand the country music formula; like it, it just works for me, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, country music, Luke Combs, but also Trevor Hall. I forgot to mention Trevor Hall a few um, when I mentioned what are you listening to or when I wrote that post, but um, like his music has really been a real good godsend um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to just being able to um, flow and check in and things like that. So um, definitely, definitely music um, as the soundtrack to Charlie's Day (laughs) has been a major thing. Um, I'm still, Angela knows I have trouble talking about this because like it's just social shame and things like that. But um, I've been playing some non-stressful video games. Yeah. yeah. Right. Farming Simulator 19 and SnowRunner. The point is they're non like they they're challenging but not stressful. There's a yeah. there's a difference there because there's been enough stress in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I haven't really needed some additional stress. No. Um, and so those have been really great for me to um, it's not so much that I get to sort of like not pay attention to the world. Mm-hmm. It's more that a lot of, especially the business thoughts, like the books working in the background and sort of ideas for clients and ideas for our own business, like um, those kind of fade away. Mm-hmm. So that's super good for me. It kind of seems like from an outside perspective on that piece of it, I just want to share that those two games specifically that you're actually spending some time on now, um, it seems like it helps you to allow your mind to shut off in some ways, but to actually in the background be putting things in order, but not in a way that's energetically taxing, Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, it meets that. I don't know if I still don't think we have a post about this on PF, but um it's in that engagement zone, mm-hmm. so where it's, I have to pay attention to it enough that it overrides a lot of the conscious thoughts up front, mm-hmm. but not so much that it's 
you know, stresses me out and things like that. It's not like playing Overwatch or any of those games where you're just like, it's too intense and actually taxing. Yeah. So it's that good sort of zone in, in this particular, both neither of those games are where you're running around killing folks and things like that. So it's just, you know, it's just like, you know what? I don't need any of that energy. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so one is farming and the other is driving and mm-hmm. they're, they're both great. Um, <laughs> Um, some other things that have been getting me through is um, way back in December, I think December, I was like, you know what? Every spring, especially every spring, like I get into spring and I'm like, why am I tired? Why am I tired besides it being spring and all the work? And just there's this period of time after January mm-hmm. until like Memorial Day where there are no days off. Right. There are no bank holidays and things like that um, that, that most people take off or that we take off. And so back in December, I was just like, you know what? Every time. <laughs> Every time there's a three-day weekend, I'm going to convert it into a four-day weekend. And every time that well, – and I'm going to make sure that there are enough of those so that every six weeks or so, I, there's at least a three-day weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was super smart. I did I did this way before COVID, and I did this as a response to looking at 2019, especially with the book launch and everything. I was like, you know what? There, That was that season. That's not how I want my life to be. Yeah. And so I put in enough of those days and it's been really great because, um, as you can probably tell, I'm sort of an all in or not in guy, right? I don't do well with the in between. And so, um, when I'm off, I'm off. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's been really good to have those days. I love what I do. Most, hopefully you'll know what I'm saying. Like listening to this, like, I love what I do. I love who I get to do it with. I love what we're working on. I also love having days off. Mm-hmm. Right. And th- those can be compatible. Um, and so they are for me. And then this um, this will inspire judgment from some people, <laughs> just like the video games. Bring uh, it on. But honestly, DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, and just here's why several reasons why those have been giving me joy. Right. Mm-hmm. One is because I've really been thinking, how can we support our local restaurants? How can we support the things that are open? And our restaurant industry has just been like tanked. Yep. Right. And so it's a way of keeping the flow going. Also, I love to eat sometimes too much. (laughs) Um, And the third thing, and this has been part of adapting to the new reality of having Angela write for half the day and just the work around PPP is it's also um, getting us into a position to where we've been able to take care of ourselves without like getting to the end of the day. And it's like, who's cooking tonight or do we have groceries or all of those sort of conversations and just being like, you know what, like the work that was ours to do, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, you know, let's do that. Um, I guess the fourth reason why, and this was probably something that I'm taking forward mm-hmm. is, um, we've gotten really good at figuring out how to have these milks at home and have them be special mm. without it being, you know, the normal Portland 25, 30 minute drive there and back. And then, you know, 25 minute, 25, 30 minute wait. So yeah, it's if you're kinda, lucky, if you're lucky. <laughs> and so it's kind of like giving us a lot of hours back mm-hmm. um, without significantly decreasing the joy. Now, mm. to be clear, when restaurants open back up, I'm probably going to be one of the first people in them, <laughs> right? Assuming that Angela doesn't get on me about not being safe. But um, <laughs> it's it's just been I'm, – I'm super appreciative, especially to you, Angela, for – in the way that you've allowed that to be okay. Mm. 
What about for you? What's been holding you together, been the light and the darkness for you, besides writing, because you've already mentioned that? Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking to the last one that you just shared, um, you know, I, I'll plus one to that, like, leaning more heavily on delivery right now. Um, you know, whether it's delivery of groceries or meals or, um, you know, office supplies, like, whatever it is, that has been... Um, it's been helpful and impactful and meaningful in different ways. Like the supporting of the local economy as much as we still can has really been important. And um, the days when you've just left it all on the field <laughs> and you are hungry and you just you just don't have the energy to figure it out. Um, I want to expand on that a little further and say that like, what has been so good for me during this time and you know it's one of these things that that i hope that other people especially women might might perk their ears up here um and kind of think about this with me is i also feel like during this time over the last two and a half months or so I have been able to drop some of the expectations I had about myself and the 500 different roles and responsibilities that I generally have and do um, and drop the things that really haven't been necessary and nothing is falling apart right? Like, yeah, we might be digging through a laundry basket for four days looking for the clean clothes that came out of the wash four days before because they haven't been put away, but the house is still standing, right? And so I think that that's another lesson learning takeaway that I want to take from this time is about the leaning into the help where it's available, but also just saying, so what? So the dishes have been sitting in the sink overnight. So the weeds are overgrown in the garden. So I ordered from, you know, caviar tonight, second time this week, rather than making a home-cooked meal. And what? You know what? And what? Everything is still okay. In fact, everything is better with that. And so I've given myself more grace, um, more compassion, more allowance to actually do the things that are more and most important and not focus on the things that ma they matter, like having clean clothes matters. Having, you know, not having mold growing in your refrigerator matters. Like, these things matter, but they shouldn't get the best of you, right? They shouldn't get that energy that you need for yourself to take care of yourself. And so, this has just been such a deep remembrance and learning for me about what really matters and where I want my focus and my energy to go. Um, and then... You know, the next thing for me that I'm taking from this is that I've spent a lot of time out in nature the last couple of months. Um, I generally do anyway. Um, nature is 
Oh, it's everything to me. It It is such a balm for me in many ways. And so I appreciate that I've had this um, re-engagement with the time that I spend in nature, whether it be on hikes or the fact that I've set up, I've literally set up a space where I can do my business work in our backyard. So on the days that are nice, I can be outside and doing my work. I'm taking that with me. Like, that's not going to be like an only during COVID thing. That's going to continue. So I, you know, there has been so much hard over the last couple of months. And, um, you know, many more things than what we've even talked about here. Um, I was just thinking about the situation with Petey, our cat, a few weeks ago and what all Anyway, what all came up there, but I think for me that despite the hard and along with the hard has been so many beautiful gifts and revelations, remembrances and learnings that I really do hope I am getting into my bones and into my body at a cellular level that will go with me after this. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned what you're taking with you because, I mean, I guess along those same lines for me would be um, this. I don't know why this is such a thing, Angela. I've had this conversation so many times. It makes no sense from an, from an economic perspective, from a business, but it's still a thing, is the importance of my coffee shop routine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Coffee shops. Can you please open for this man? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, it'd be a whole nother sort of like three podcast, you oh, know, God. sort of series of, of this. Uh, it's a thing. It mm-hmm. makes no sense. But so much of our, you know, I'm enough, I'm well read enough in behavioral economics to know that so many of the ways in which we think and make decisions make no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But the importance of my coffee shop routine. And just leaning into that once it comes back. Um, and so I can't do it now, but taking forward with me next time, I'm like, oh, maybe I should just not go because I'm going to have to spend seven bucks on whatever. Just be like, how much? How many months did you spend um, wanting to do this and you didn't? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think the second piece, and this is one of those life lessons, I think, is like the importance, how important it is to know when to hold on and when to let go. Mm. Right. I think had we recorded a podcast earlier in the COVID cycle, I probably would have said this more, but um, I think what for all of us, but you know, some of us more than others, I think what really made this thing so terrible was the loss of control. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether it's, your savings or whether it's your plans or whether it's what your work was or all those sort of things. But really it's the loss of the illusion of control. We never had control, right? It felt like we did. And we spend, we human beings spend a lot of time, a lot of effort controlling things and getting that. Um, But there is that art of knowing when to hold on to something when it's hard, when it's challenging, when you want to let it go, right, so on and so forth, versus, like, knowing when to let it go because reality has shifted fundamentally and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and, 
I mean, we have to grieve, we have to let go, and all those things you have to do. And so, yeah, just really coming back to what are the things in my life that are super important, my work that's super important, and my relationships that are super important that I will hold on to. And much to your point about the laundry or the whatever else, what, what can I just let go of? It's not, it's not one of those things that's either important enough or that is a good attention, a good space for me to hold that attention. Um, we haven't talked about it so much, but I think the importance of having something to look forward to. Right. Um, and that's when I mentioned earlier, like when I would want to ask people what they're excited about or what they're looking forward to. Like I noticed that there is a relationship between people's moods and their sort of happiness and whether they were holding on to something to look forward to. Mm. Right. And so that's why I kept asking those questions. What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? Um, because I just noticed that that thing of the people that were really shut down. Mm hmm. Like they weren't holding on to anything to look forward to. It was just what they were losing and mm -hmm. what was happening to them. Right. And so for me personally, I was like, oh, notice that. <laughs> right. And other people notice that in myself and just find those right things to look forward to. Yeah. Hold on to them loosely. <laughs> right. And that's lesson number two, but hold on to them loosely. But still, it's so important to hang on to those places and to, um, People, I don't like the word finding hope or the phrase finding hope. Mm -hmm. I much prefer the phrase creating hope, mm -hmm. right? So what are we doing in ourselves to create hope mm -hmm. rather than just hoping, no pun intended, that it's out there somewhere and it, it finds us or we find it. Yeah. And so that's where that in, looking forward to something, creating hope, um, hanging on to it, mm -hmm. but loosely. Yeah. Um, have been just the things that continual practice that I'm taking forward. That's great. That's great. It's, um, there's always beauty all around us and there are always gifts, even when we're not aware of them in the present moment. Alrighty. Well, it's been quite a conversation. Yeah. I'm looking at the time. I think this may be one of our longer podcasts. <laughs> Um, we yep. had a lot to catch on. It's been a minute. It's been a lot of minutes. Um, it feels this last two, three months feels like it's been a year or two. Mm -hmm. So I, what I hope is that if you're listening to this, you're still with us. One, thank you yeah, um, for hanging out with us. Hope that it's been useful. Um, hope that it's helped you sort of look at your past experience, look at the experience that you've been living through and maybe find some places of meaning and hope and context. Mm -hmm. um, and until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to Productive Flourishing. To get more resources that will help you finish the work that matters and be your best self in the world, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. If this episode warmed your heart or got your wheels turning, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review for the podcast on iTunes.